Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. So we have a question today that was sent in by someone who's been watching our videos a lot. And the, well, I'll just use their, their words for this question were, is communion every week really necessary? Wouldn't it be more special if we did it less often? Okay. There we go. That's the question. This, this question brings us back to um, how we look at the scriptures and the authority of the scriptures. You know, we have commands in scripture and we have examples in scripture. Yes. Uh, when Jesus was uh, instituting the Lord's Supper, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. So that is a command that we take the Lord's Supper is not an option. It's a command that we do that and that we do it in remembrance of him. Now, in the institution of the Lord's Supper, he did not name a time mm -hmm. for doing it. However, he sent the Holy Spirit to his apostles to guide them into the truth, and his apostles ordained a time for doing it that they um, practiced, and that was on the first day of the week. Uh, the passage you mentioned to me earlier in Acts 20, verse 7, mm -hmm. uh, Paul's practice, he says, On the first day of the week, we gathered together to break bread, and Paul preached to them. Well, there's, there's two elements, or three or four elements there that are important. It was the first day of the week. <clears throat> right. Now, the first day of the week was Sunday. And the reason that the first day of the week was special, if you go to the last chapter of each of the Gospels, mm -hmm. uh, well, last chapter of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it says that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in the morning on the first day of the week. Right. And that day, the day of his resurrection, the first day of the week, changed everything when Christ came from the tomb. And because of that, that day was called by the early Christians the Lord's Day. Mm -hmm. The Lord meaning Jesus Christ, because it was that day that he rose from the dead. Uh, John refers to that day, the Lord's Day, in Revelation 1.10, where he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And um, the word there is kuriake, which is the word, it's an adjective which refers to Jesus and the lordship of Jesus. So Jesus' day. Well, what day yep. is that? That's the first day of the week. That's resurrection day. Okay. Now, you know, some people in later Christian history tried to um, say that, you know, resurrection day was uh, Easter that Sunday after Passover, right. which it really was historically the day Jesus rose, but the, the day identified by the Christians as Resurrection Day was just Sunday because that was a Sunday, yeah. and the Lord's Day came uh, every week. Now, if we go back to Acts 20 and 7, it was on the first day of the week, which was the Lord's Day, mm -hmm. that the disciples gathered together okay. to break bread. Now, some have brought this up. If you're reading Luke and Acts, and you uh, you read different passages, you know um, 
they broke bread on the ship. They broke bread here and there. They broke bread here and there. So right. breaking bread many times just means eating a meal. Yep. But when you have the elements of the disciples coming together mm-hmm. and the breaking of bread, that is the special meal. That is the Lord's Supper meal. For example, uh, in Acts 2, okay. when you have the... Um, um, the baptism of the 3,000 in Acts 2.41, you know, about 3,000 were added to their number. Mm-hmm. Then in verse 42, read there. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All right. The word there, devoted themselves. King James says, continued steadfastly. The the Greek word proskartaruntis means to dedicate yourself very seriously to something. It's like a religious commitment that's in view there. So we're not talking about eating tuna sandwiches. We're talking about (laughs) something that was a religious commitment. The apostles teaching, the fellowship, the sharing, probably meaning the giving, Mm -hmm. the breaking of bread, which is the Lord's Supper, and the prayers. This was part of their, their assembly. They're coming together and they dedicated themselves to doing those things on a regular basis. That's what's going on in Acts 20, verse 7. Now, uh, in 1 Corinthians, we have this element of coming together emphasized. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. And look down there at verse 17. Okay. It says, in the following directives, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you've come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have been differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. When you come together, it is not for the Lord's Supper you eat, for as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting for anyone else. All right. Now, if you if you go back through your, your text there that you just read, mm-hmm. uh, starting with verse 17, now, this is the Greek text, but I would read it a little bit different. In commanding you this, I do not praise you because your coming together is not for the better, but for the worse. Mm-hmm. It uses a word there, soon erkomai, which means to come together. Mm-hmm. Then he says, again in verse 18, For first of all, when you come Come together together in the church. Then down in verse 20, When therefore you come together. Well, see, this is the same terminology we have in Acts 20, verse 7. Right. On the first day of the week, when the disciples did what? They came together. Mm Mm-hmm. To break bread. This was special. This was the Lord's Day assembly. This was the gathering. Right. And they came together to break bread. This is what's being talked about in 1 Corinthians 11. And if you go down to verse, uh, they were being divided in the way they took it in Corinth, and Mm -hmm. they were showing their factions and everything. But as you get down to verse 33, he says, So then, my brothers, when you come together, to mm-hmm. eat, wait for one another. If any's, any's hungry, let him eat at home. Mm-hmm. So that your coming together does not result in judgment. Yeah. See? So a, a different kind of a meal doesn't belong here. If you go back to verse 22. Yeah. Don't you have houses to eat and drink in? 
or do you despise the assembly of God? So the coming together on the Lord's day meant something different. Meant something different. And it was not for a regular meal. It was for the Lord's Supper. Right. Okay. Now, to, to augment this a little bit, if you go to 1 Corinthians 16, okay. this indicates that the first day of the week was also the regular time for giving. Mm. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. All right. So on the first day of every week, why? Because that was the Lord's day and that's when they came together. Yeah. Now some people would say, well, you know, couldn't they just drop by and and do it any time or whatever. Well, they could have. (laughs) But the apostolic practice by the ambassadors of Christ was that this be done at the assembly on the first day of the week. Okay, And, and so this was their practice. So we have a command from Jesus, do this in remembrance of me. Mm -hmm. And we have the both commands and examples from the apostles that were to do this when we come together and were to do it on the first day of the week. Yeah. All right. So that's what we have in the New Testament. So to kind of pull, pull that first part of the question together where they said, is it really necessary to do this? It's pretty clear that it is necessary if, and I think this is the big thing, because people will say, oh, well, it's more of an example than a command. But it's if you believe that all scriptures inspired and the words of the apostles are important and directed by the Holy Spirit. Right. Which we did a video on that just recently about uh, whether Jesus' words are the most important in the Bible. Because I feel like a lot of the times when I hear that question or hear people say, is it really necessary to do it every week? They're not taking the commands of the apostles Seriously. With the weight that they probably should carry. Right. And, and you know, you've got 1 Corinthians two thirteen, which things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Mm-hmm. See, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty seven, Paul says, the things that I write are the Lord's commandment. Yeah. And so, um, yes, the apostles' words are, are binding. But now let's take this one step further. Okay. It was clearly the understanding of the ancient church, even if you go beyond the words of the New Testament where we have Jesus' command, Mm -hmm. the apostles' command, and the example. In um, There's a couple of historical passages which I think are very interesting. And these are not authoritative like the Bible. Right. But they certainly confirm that the early Christians understood things like we've just outlined here. Uh, Didache 14.1. Didache is a Syrian Christian document from the latter part of the first century. Hmm. And it reads like this. On the Lord's day of the Lord, come together, break bread, and give thanks. Hmm. Now, look, look at the wording of that. Yeah. On the Lord's day, come together. Yeah. Isn't that almost Acts... 20 and verse 7. It's like they had maybe read or heard that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And and it says, on the Lord's Day. Well, what's the Lord's Day? That's the first day of the week. Yeah. 
And that's when you come together and break bread, not just, and it's different than eating in your homes, 1 Corinthians 11, yeah. and you give thanks. That is one of the words, that's the word eucharisteo. Mm. And that word was used in the ancient church to refer to the Lord's Supper. It was sometimes called the Eucharist mm. because Jesus gave thanks yep. and he gave them the bread and he gave thanks, Eucharisteo, and gave them the fruit of the vine and said, do this. Yeah. And part of the do this was giving thanks. For First things. Corinthians 11, yeah. we have the giving of thanks over both the bread and the wine. So, um, Didache, on the Lord's Day, you come together and you give thanks and break the bread like it says in the Bible. Yeah. All right? uh, a little after the Didache, in the second century, about 160, 170, Justin Martyr wrote a letter, a long treatise to the emperor uh, about the practices of Christians because he didn't want them persecuting Christians. And he was trying to tell the emperor, this is all of what Christians do, and you have nothing to fear from us. Right. So in this treatise, it's called Justin's First Apology, or his first defense. In uh, Apology 167, Justin writes this. On the day called Sunday, all who live in the cities or in the country gather together in one place and the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read as long as time permits and when the reader has ceased the one presiding verbally instructs and exhorts to the imitation of these things and then we all rise together and pray and when our prayer is ended bread and wine are brought etc and there is a distribution to each, hmm. see? And uh, then he goes on in the latter part of this, and he says, But Sunday is the day on which we all hold our common assembly. Sounds like Acts 20 and 7. But it does. Because it is the first day on which God, having wrought a change in darkness and matter, made the world. And because Jesus Christ, our Savior, on the same day rose from the dead. Hmm. For he was crucified on the day before that, the day of Saturn, Saturn's day. And on the day after Saturn's day, which is the day of the sun, he appeared to his apostles and taught them these things, which we have submitted for your consideration. There we go. So, I, I bring up those simply to say this. The entire ancient church understood that they were to take the Lord's Supper... Every week. Every week on the first day of the week. And we could make pragmatic arguments like, wouldn't it be more special or wouldn't it, that doesn't make any difference if we believe in the authority of Jesus and his apostles and the yeah. uh, need to go by his word. Because it's kind and of that's what we do. <clears throat> sort of thing that if you're if you're worried that it's gonna lose meaning if you do it every week, I would say that either on the individual or on the <coughs> body that they're assembling with, maybe they're not doing a, they could do a better job or maybe you could tweak something to reemphasize why it's so important. Yes. You know, it's yes. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to distribute the bread and the drink every way, every time exactly the same way. It doesn't say you have to, you know, right. have there are the different same ways format. you can go about uh, 
doing as far as the, your preamble and, and the way you do it, surely. Yeah. But um, consider this. You know, the book of Hebrews says, encourage one another daily. We all need encouragement. One of the biggest reasons we come together, Hebrews 10, 24, is to encourage one another. Absolutely. And the Lord's Supper is a renewing of our covenant. And it really helps us to keep from drifting off base to to renew that covenant with God and and reaffirm our commitment to Jesus. And part of that responsibility is ours individually, not just yep. the churches. Yeah. So. so I think really clearly the Bible says exactly what we're supposed to do. Come together, have the this time of fellowship, this time of re- remembrance, the time of the covenant renewal every week. Yeah, and, and it's bo- it's a mixture of both commands and examples. Yeah. And when you put it all together, especially the element of coming together, the Lord's Day, the giving of thanks, mm-hmm. the first day of the week, it, it's pretty clear that that's what we have laid before us in Scripture. So why do we want to depart from that? I don't know. Right. So there we go. So is is it really necessary? I, I think the Bible's pretty clear. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and obviously we want to live as close <clears throat> as possible to what the Bible asks us to do. Uh, and so if you've got any follow-ups to this, if you've got any other questions or wonderings about the Lord's Supper or our commitment and covenant relationship with Jesus, by all means, we encourage you to send those on in. We'd love to discuss them. And so, Dan, I appreciate you sharing with us and bringing in some of the extra insights. Uh, and all the different ways that we can really explore the Bible together. So thank you all for watching. We'll see you again next time.